0: New Zealand cancels Venice Biennale Pavilion, citing inadequate resources. Well, that was the headline in the international arts media this month. The news that for the first time since 2001 we won't have a representative artist in a pavilion at Venice may have come as a bit of a surprise to those not reading organiser Creative New Zealand's media releases more carefully. Creative New Zealand's own headlines about our participation at the so-called Olympics of Arts events have run quite differently. Announcing the results of a review last December, they stated, Creative New Zealand are making a long-term commitment, and the future is bright for New Zealand at the Venice Biennale. Well, yes, the future is bright. New Zealand has committed, after having a review, to a national pavilion in 2026, 2028 and 2030, but not next year. Joining us on Culture 101, I spoke to Creative New Zealand Senior Manager, Arts Development, Gretchen La Roche, on Friday, and she brought with her some good news with her to the studio. It's been a bit of a roller coaster month in terms of news about the Venice Biennale, I'd say, Gretchen, and we've had a bit of good news and we've had some bad news. So I'd like to start with the good news, really, which is which is quite remarkable, and and that's around the fact that not one, not two, not three, not four, but five New Zealand artists are going to be presenting work, New Zealand artists, at the Biennale as part of the big international exhibition.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it?
0: I think normally it's been one, if that, that we've had in that show. Five is, I guess, it's testament to the work that everyone's been putting in since what we, we started opening a pavilion in 2001.
1: Oh, look, I think that's right. It hasn't come out of the blue. And these invitations, I think, are very much, you know, on the shoulders of all of the other artists that have presented since that first showing, that first pavilion,
0: Well I'd like to start by just explaining a little bit about how Venice works because I mean there's a lot of people out there who won't kind of understand it. It's slightly complex isn't it right? You've got (laughs) an international exhibition, it's like a big group show, gets about double the number of people that we had through our pavilion last time. So there's that big international kind of curated show and then a lot of countries have their own individual pavilion. New Zealand's not got its own physical space; it's moved around, and then there's all sorts of kind of other events sort of hanging off that are sort of off the biennale, a- around it, aren't there?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's right. So it's it's quite a mix of different things going on um, over the whole period, because of course it's it's also not just over a short period of time; it's um, around about seven months. Um, all the activity takes place,
0: but no pavilion. This coming year, but you have committed to the next three biennale after that. We've been going since 2001. Why can't we, like most other countries, it's quite rare to stop uh, your pavilion for a term? Why are we not putting an artist forward?
1: Yeah, look, I I think that's a very good good question, a very fair one. Um, And really it goes back to um, the the decision as well to undertake quite an extensive external review Um, that took place last year and that was really to look at are we still um, doing it in the best possible way, Um, is it important that we continue to support and invest and support the presentation Um, and that report came out at the end of last year with a number of recommendations and of course the top line ones were that it it, it is a still continues to be you know arguably the most significant international platform for artists to show their work and so it was important that we maintained that presence in the longer term so um, we have committed to presentations there in 26 28 and 2030. And I think that's really important. That uh, Gretchen, have that why, if it's so
0: important to sustain that presence, aren't we next year? I mean, surely, I mean, a $75,000 review, as I understand, an Australian consultancy firm. I, I don't see many other countries stopping for a year. I see Scotland uh, are stopping, mm-hmm. pausing next year. There are very few others. I mean, surely there's all of that sustained energy that's been put in to risk it for the significant private funders that come in for a year. Is tricky.
1: Yeah. Well, look. I think you know there is um, you know a substantial amount of public investment that goes into this, and so it's really important that we can make sure we're doing the best uh, for New Zealand with that investment. And one of the other recommendations that came through from the review was that actually moving on that we transition into a phase where we have a delivery partner. So rather than CNZ actually doing all of the, um, the day-to-day operations of managing that. And so that has been one of the reasons for the pause to actually um, set that process up and to make that call to identify who might be undertaking that delivery over the next several um, Venice Biennales. Yeah,
0: I can appreciate that's quite a big change that does require Mm -hmm. some form of review. So, I mean, I guess that is the question then. Is that why we're taking a pause, basically? Because CNZ isn't coping with managing it at the same time as its other activities. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say that actually it's because CNZ's not coping. Um, uh, well, you I, did a
0: very good job with the last one by, you know, the yeah. reports that we've got in terms of the reviews and so forth.
1: Oh, yeah, well, thank you. And um, look, and I should say too that, um, you know, I've, I've come in after that occurred, so I don't want to take any uh, responsibility for, for that great work. Uh, nor that's nor been blame your predecessors. Your predecessors. <laughs> oh, no blame. I think you're right. They've done a terrific job. Um, but actually, look, I think the reason why, you know, it makes great sense to go into a a partnership where we're providing the financial support and the country-to-country oversight of it, but the delivery work will be done by an an external partner from within New Zealand. It's simply because, you know, there is so much more, um, so many more people working um, in that international space from New Zealand that have specialist expertise. So it's not so much about Creative New Zealand not having done a good job, but it's really about saying, look, Let's build on what's occurred let's build on the fact that this incredible opportunity has come through for 2024 as the transition we'll have more artists than ever represented in the heart of the Biennale, but actually we can use that as that transition point to lead into something where we have people that are doing that delivery work that can really build on the huge momentum out there and interest in New Zealand uh, visual arts and we can really lean in and invest in in something that's going on. with so much Interest, so much excitement, so much um, potential and possibility.
0: But just talking money for a second, am I right in thinking that the decision hasn't been to necessarily save money, like not have it for this cycle? You you have about eight hundred and fifty thousand, I think, for the for the two year cycle, but is to to maintain that?
1: Yeah. So the investment goes, as you mentioned, across two years. So I think it's it's just to note that. The decision not to be there in 2024 with the National Pavilion is not driven by a financial imperative.
0: So it's not because we can't afford it? It's
1: not because we can't afford it necessarily, no. Okay. So, so that money does get spread, but of course supporting uh, the number of artists and their work going over... And also we're supporting the creation of some new work specifically for the exhibition. It does mean that we'll still be investing substantially into it, yes.
0: It, it sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it, $850,000? But, you know, when you compare it, I, I see the Dubai World Expo, the pavilion we had there in the last couple of years, cost $62 million. Mm. We put mm. $250 million into the America's Cup a few years back, you know, and we're talking almost... 500,000 people coming through the Venice Pavilion, it's pretty good bang for buck, dollar for person, really, isn't it?
1: Well, look, you don't get any argument from me on that one. And, you know, I mean, I think people have different points of view on this. Yeah. Um, But certainly, you know, and I think that's the other reason that was really critical in the review and making sure that we. Make this transition well, and that we can have confidence in continuing to invest and support um, our presence at the Venice Biennale, because yes, there are questions that get get asked about the level of investment in it. Um, uh, some people feel it's a very high amount of money, um, but as you say, the awareness, the position the Venice Biennale holds globally, the number of people that will be seeing the work we're talking about now especially um, for next year um, when we have um, the uh, artists represented in the curated exhibition. There will be hundreds of thousands of people that will see that work.
0: It's not been an easy month in terms of international art headlines in this, has it, Gretchen? I mean, I'm just going to put it out there that I think for a lot of people in the art world, let alone the rest of the public, this is the first time they have heard this month that we won't have a pavilion next year in April. It's not far away when did CRAV New Zealand make the decision not to have a pavilion and why are we only finding out now?
1: Well actually the report that was released at the end of last year actually did include the recommendation that we have this as a transition year. So, Did, did we, it recommend
0: that we not have a pavilion?
1: Yes, it did. And actually, we uh, acknowledged that we were accepting those recommendations. We did talk about 2024 being uh, looking different, um, and that uh, at that point, we were still working out exactly what would be happening. Um, So so you weren't
0: sure at the end of the year that you definitely wouldn't have a pavilion?
1: I think we, well, no, we weren't 100% certain, but we were saying that we were accepting the recommendations and... um, Uh, would be, um, you know, just thinking about what that would look like for 2024. Um, But then we have signalled that, you know, the presence would be looking different.
0: I just worry for Crab New Zealand that it it ends up not holding the story when the first time we hear about this isn't, uh, you know, your headline that it's been cancelled and these are the reasons, but that we're hearing it through, you know, through Artnet and Art Forum and these other big international media organisations.
1: Yeah, well, look, um, uh, you know, I think it's not ideal if people have found that, you know, unclear from us. But I think, um, you know, as we've been developing these, um, you know, what it actually was going to be for 2024, we have had to... You just work through that and think about that um, and certainly the invitation to take part in the curated international exhibition and how we might support that has also been a factor in this as well.
0: And that was Gretchen LaRoche who's Senior Manager at Arts Development at Creative New Zealand and joining me live from Melbourne is the artist who represented New Zealand with a pavilion in 2019 Dane Mitchell. Kia ora Dane.
2: Kia ora, Kia ora Mark.
0: And Dane, Um, It's uh, news this week. We've got five New Zealand artists in a big contemporary group exhibition. It gets more than double the numbers. I think that at least on the last Biennale, than our our pavilion, surely that's the best possible presence for Aotearoa at Venice next year.
2: Oh, look, it's undoubtedly fantastic that those artists are there. I'm sure we're all really proud and delighted and um, excited for them, for that opportunity. Um, and it's fantastic that New Zealand has a presence in that curated exhibition. Um, we've been woefully under underrepresented in that context for a very long time, but yeah. simply because artists are invited to participate in a curated exhibition with a very specific kind of lens um, looking at a particular idea, and a, a, cur- a current idea in, in, in art making, doesn't mean that we shouldn't be there in another capacity that we have been since 2001. Yeah, but- so, and, you know, I mean... Simon, Simon Denny was curated into the um, the curated exhibition in 2017, and we didn't cancel Bill Culbert's pavilion because he was in it. And likewise, when Francis U Pritchard was curated into the group exhibition, the curated exhibition at the Biennale, we didn't cancel Lisa Rehan's much loved um, Pursuit of Venus pavilion. So why so why did yeah. sorry, sorry why, so why why does they, having a pavilion matter? I mean, as Gretchen just mentioned, it continues to be the most significant platform. So it's it's vital that we're part of a global conversation around art ideas and presenting ourselves to the world in that way. You know, yeah. making our own selection about how it is that we're framed and seen. And those, and, and those conversations shift and change. And I just think it's really vital that we're there. Um, you know, it's really difficult to have international outreach and if we don't have multiple platforms to do so, we miss out. And we miss out in ways that mean that we will continue to be um, absent in curated exhibitions such as the uh, the, the Venice uh, Biennale uh, Central Pavilion.
0: Let me ask you about the timing, Dane. You've, you've been through all of this. Developing a project for Venice, I imagine, takes a very long time. You've got, well, for CNZ, they've got the artist selection process, they shortlist. You've got to develop the project, and then we don't even have a permanent pavilion, so they've got to find a space to lease. When would CNZ have known they weren't really going to have a pavilion? Because it seems very late in the day to be hearing about it for many of us. It, it
2: does seem really it does seem super late. And I think, you know, to point out to Gretchen and to the public that, you know, this this news reached far and wide in terms of that we would not be going. And it it just it it just looks so it, it looks bad. It's not it's not great. You know, when you're reading on art forum, artnet, ocular, art news international, that we're not there, that because of, you know, um this quote of inadequate resources um i think it's it's a real it's a real shame it does take a lot to make a pavilion it's not easy it's a fight it takes a lot of effort on many people's um uh you know on many people's shoulders does this the project at venice take um you know take form and that, mm. yes it takes a lot of a lot of effort but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be there and artists are, artists are adaptable creatures um i think if anybody could um could do it it would be an artist from Aotearoa, picking it up and running with it, even with this short time frame, I don't even think it's necessarily too late in that respect. But you know, there's clearly no, not a will to do so. And I think it's, I think it's a failure. And it's deeply inadequate, you know, they're meant, the CNC are meant to serve the arts, and they're failing to do so. Their own report suggests we should be there. And we're not. And it's that simple. It's crazy.
0: Thank you, Dane. Thanks for joining us. That was artist Dane Mitchell, who represented New Zealand at the Venice Biennale in 2019. And funnily enough, today marks the last day. You can see Dane's installation, Aris, 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 upstairs at De Papa in Porniky.